0: Welcome to TalkEarie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale.
1: We're so glad to welcome back uh, to the microphone via Zoom, an epidemiologist with AHN St. Vincent, Dr. Howard Nadwarnie. Uh, Dr. Warney, welcome back to the show. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for having me, Joel. All
1: right. We've got to find out what's going on with the wastewater. What are you seeing these days from Biobot?
0: The wastewater numbers are jumping up very quickly. They are at levels that are similar to early November when we started having our big surge. So they've changed a lot in the last four weeks. They were low for a while, and now they're jumping up fairly quickly.
1: And are they able to... Uh, detect variants within the wastewater
0: as well? No, they have been working on that for a while. But the biggest difficulty in identifying variants is that you need a test that will identify one strain from another with that small section that's different. And technologically, that's very difficult. If you were sequencing a single virus, you could do that. But what what they're trying to do is to take a sample of wastewater that probably has three or four different variants and s- string them apart and figure out which it is, and that's turning out to be much more complicated.
1: All right. I have to ask you a question about um, um, uh, about testing that has come up, and uh, I got a link from the CDC uh, about that the PCR test is going to the wayside. Can you explain what's happening with PCR testing?
0: I have not heard that. As far as I know, PCR testing is still the gold standard and is still highly accurate in finding cases and very sensitive to cases. That is not something I have heard. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to
1: keep digging into it because I I guess the the gist of it was that it's not uh, necessarily able to determine between the common cold and – and covid which again i want to make sure i'm not giving any misinformation out but i'm i actually is, went to a website that's talked about
0: this um that is not anything i've ever heard and with pcrs they can establish that very carefully in fact okay. we have a pcr that we use at st vincent that tests for a battery of respiratory viruses and the other coronaviruses that cause common colds are identified separately on that panel from COVID. So I think that's incorrect information.
1: All right. Okay. I appreciate uh, that clarification. All right. So tell us what is the Delta variant and why should we be worried about it?
0: The Delta variant is different from the original strain and the UK strain in several ways. It is much more infectious, which means you don't need to be exposed to as much virus to get sick. It's also much more contagious. There's much more virus in the nose so that people who are infected, instead of infecting perhaps two to four people, now can infect six to eight people. So the virus is much more readily spread. In addition, the mutations make the virus less rapidly killed by antibodies to the original strain, particularly in the vaccines. So for example, against the original strain, the mRNA vaccines, for example, were about 95% effective at preventing you from getting any infection. And now they are much less effective. They're probably 50 to 70% effective at preventing you from getting any infection. However, they are still very effective at preventing you from getting very ill, and that's because the antibodies are important when it invades the body, but they are less successful when it is on the lining of your body, which is where you get contagious. All so right, should, let, let me st- get,
1: let me stop you there a second, because yes. 50 to 70 percent sounds like the kind of efficacy that comes from uh, an annual flu shot. And so yes. isn't that kind of good enough?
0: Well, it's not bad. But in the setting where we're seeing a lot of spread and lots of people getting ill who are unvaccinated, we're also seeing some vaccinated people become ill. And I think part of the problem is that people who are at higher risk of getting complications, so diabetics, older people, people with underlying immune diseases, even though they've been vaccinated, they still can get sick enough to be hospitalized. And some of them will get sick enough and die. The, the proportion is much lower, but I think there are a lot of people who feel that that risk is still higher. And indeed, more people can be contagious who get infected. So even if only um, say one out of four people got infected, they could still be quite contagious and they could help amplify this. So that's where the calculus has changed is it's really more in the transmission that we are worried about than anything else.
1: All right. So let me think about what we know. And that is if you had a a presenting um, symptoms, again, uh, you know, 18 months of this. So if you if you had, uh, you know, cough, runny nose, uh, lo- loss of taste or smell, that was always the the telltale sign that you had COVID. Are those still uh, active in um, whether you have a full blown uh, version of COVID, and even as a Delta variant, or and or if you just have light symptoms?
0: Yes, that is still characteristic of the Delta just like it was before although many people with COVID actually just get what they think are allergies or a little runny nose or a little sore throat and it also turns out that about a third of people getting infected have no symptoms whatsoever in children under 18 it's between 40 and 50 percent and that's found by doing contact tracing and doing testing on people who've been exposed who feel well we're finding a lot of people who are without symptoms but are infected. Now, here's the problem with that. When they test viral loads of people who have no symptoms and they compare them to those who have mild symptoms and those who have severe symptoms, the viral loads are the same. So whether you are asymptomatic or badly ill, you are potentially just as contagious. It's not that people who are sicker are more contagious which is what we often have thought with other infections so here's a virus that is not only much more capable of spreading because it's delta but it's much more capable of spreading even if it doesn't make you very sick
1: all right so I'm okay so let's just say I get this viral load and I have mild symptoms I, I mean again I'm thinking that there's a lot of grass being cut and so i've got a little tickle in my throat i mean that's that's my reality right now i'm blowing my nose a few times a day i got a tickle in my throat sometimes i want to take a a ricola okay boom full disclosure could be that i have covid could be that i have seasonal allergies right yes um now first off should i be running to to ride aid and getting that test
0: well if we are in a setting where there wasn't very much virus around like two months ago. You could or you might choose not to. If you're seeing a lot more virus around, I'd probably say it probably would be helpful to know. But at the same time, I would also say to you, if you were wearing a mask, a snug-fitting multi-layered mask, and you had COVID and didn't know it, your likelihood of spreading it to other people would be very, very low. And in fact, that's why the whole idea of more universal masking is coming back, because it works, and it works even if you don't know it, and it works even if you're mildly ill, because you could be really contagious. But you are so, tell- But w- what I'm hearing you say is, even though
1: I'm surrounded by people that are vaccinated, or I'm keeping socially distanced from people, you want to you wanna jump back to masking,
0: Well, I am saying to you that unless you know that you are only around people vaccinated, unless you are all well, if you're sick and you're around vaccinated people, you could be infected. And if you are, they have a chance of getting infected. We know with recent studies of household exposures, in other words, vaccinated person gets infected, the household's been vaccinated, risk of them getting it is about 10%. If they were all unvaccinated, the risk is about 30%. So it still happens. It happens to a lower degree. And and the difference is that at the beginning, there was a perception that this vaccine was so amazing good, nobody would get anything. Well, that's actually really rarely happened except with only a few vaccines. And with reality kicking in, We're finding that the vaccines are better than not being vaccinated, but not perfect. So it means that in a setting where you have a lot of people getting infected, which is what's happening now, that the the second precaution that you can take, which is wearing masks, makes sense if your goal is to decrease the spread in the community and decrease the risk that someone could get sick and hospitalized. Okay. Because that's what's happened. But again,
1: and, and I'm I, I'm a rule follower. If I see a sign that says "wear a mask before you enter this these premises," I'm going to put my mask on. Right? I I I like to follow the rules. I want to be respectful to people. But I took that shot so that I could be free. And Gee. it sounds like it's the, the the
0: that the goalposts have changed. I would have thought, Joel, you'd been a leader in saying. The goalposts have changed, we have a new variant, it's acting differently, it makes a lot of sense to wear a mask and be safe even though I've been vaccinated. So if if you've been vaccinated and you don't wear a mask, you're much less likely to get infected, and you're less likely to potentially be contagious, but you still could get infected, you still could spread it, and in a smaller number of cases, you could get sick enough in the next week after you got infected to end up in the hospital. So it's high enough when you're talking about thousands and thousands of people getting infected to be careful. If the numbers were, you know, three or four people a day getting infected in Erie County, we probably wouldn't be doing that. But in the last four weeks, the rates of community infection have basically gone from where we were low to where we are high. Yeah. And that's, and it's happened very quickly, which suggests that unless we do something different than we've been doing, it's going to keep spreading because this thing gets multiplied and multiplied and multiplied as it spreads. So, and we haven't been wearing masks and we've been enjoying the fact that we can be outside and inside and be safe, but it's changing.
1: Let's talk about mass. Uh, I saw somewhere on, on, on television that cloth mass might be, and again, you know, I understand about the droplets, but let's talk about it in the context of Delta. Cloth mass are about 20% effective. Uh, the surgical mass uh, that you can get, you know, are, the paper mass are about 40% effective, and an N95 might be 60 plus percent effective. Where do you find an N95? I, I... Well,
0: well Go ahead. actually, actually, Joel, I think the data is actually much better for all of those. Okay. First of all, an N95, if it's been fit tested, is 95% effective against small aerosol particles like tuberculosis, that's why it's an N95. Surgical masks, if they fit well, are probably about 80% effective, and yet... We know from experience using them in the hospital because they are universally used in the hospital. N95s are primarily used when you're taking care of COVID patients, but the other masks are used in all other settings in the hospital. And the data shows that the likelihood of a hospital worker getting COVID when they are wearing a surgical mask is actually very, very low. So surgical masks are actually more effective. And cloth masks, can be comparable to a surgical mask if it meets certain criteria. So the problem saying cloth mask is that covers a wide range of possibilities. If you have a nose crimp on it, if it is pulled tight to your face, and if it's three layers with one layer being a different fabric, so for example, a a two-layer cotton mask with a polypropylene insert or a HEPA filter, you know, a vacuum cleaner filter that you cut up, inside and it's and it's snug to your face so there aren't gaps it is very similar to the effectiveness of a surgical mask because the other thing you have to realize is for a long time we defined aerosols as being very tiny only and it turns out that aerosols are not only very tiny particles but they're actually bigger particles and COVID is found more in the larger particles because obviously that's a larger particle, even though it can float in the air. And so you don't need an N95 mask to get high levels of protection. You need a very well-fitting mask with multiple layers. Surgical masks are three layers, so are N95s. Um, Actually, you can get an N95 from Granger down on 12th Street because they're sold as industrial masks, but N95s are uncomfortable to wear because by definition, they fit really tightly. But I think if you get a snug fitting mask or what a lot of people do is you put on a cloth mask and then you put a surgical mask over it and the surgical mask basically pulls the cloth mask tight against your face, that works very well. Those are highly effective at preventing spread. Both you getting it and you spreading it. So okay. this twenty percent and forty percent is not accurate I think
1: okay that's that's good to hear. Um, where though are we still are we still pretty confident that um, that outdoor uh, you know semi-socially distant at least a three foot or one meter distancing uh, it's that's really hard to spread the virus.
0: Well actually it turns out that when you're indoors the distance matters a lot less than the time of exposure okay because aerosols. What happens when someone generates aerosols? So you've got COVID and you're not masked indoors. When you breathe and you're indoors for a while, all those particles that are small float around and they basically equilibrate. So no matter where you are in that room, there are aerosols where you are. So the three foot to six foot doesn't matter so much really in terms of indoor risk. There's been a lot of recent research showing that. But masks make a very big difference because when the infected person's wearing a mask, that interferes with the ability of those particles to not only get out and float, but it tends to cause them to clump together so they get bigger. So masks work really well for an infected person.
1: I have to ask you uh, again, with someone with antibodies from vaccines or with natural immunity, and... um... You know, are they necessarily spread? I mean, are they able to be a super spreader?
0: Well, you know, we don't know that because we don't have the individual case spreading it. We know that the viral loads are high, but we don't know if that's live virus. We do know that someone who's vaccinated or someone who has previously been infected, when they do get infection and you measure the viral load, Within a couple of days, the levels drop very fast in the nose. So clearly your immune system is acting on that virus very quickly. So you're obviously going to be a lot less contagious than someone who's never had a vaccine, who's likely to be infectious for up to a week. So it clearly changes the dynamic, but because the vaccine protects more our internal organs than it does the lining of our nose and throat. It's better at keeping us from getting sick, and it's less good at preventing us from spreading it, just gotcha. because of the the way the vaccines work. The um,
1: what about school? Let's talk about a couple things with school. Number one, uh, you know. Schools have been spending millions of dollars on upgrading their ventilation systems uh, I mean the the HVAC guys, if they could get the parts they're they're they've been busy forever. Um, do you have a high amount of anxiety about uh, in person education this
0: fall? Um, it depends on what actually is implemented for schools. If you look at Florida where they are not masking and they've already started school. There are school districts with thousands of kids out already, hundreds of teachers and people dying. The modeling studies of schools has shown with this Delta strain that if you don't have masking within several months, about 75% of kids will likely get infected because it's so contagious. If our goal is to have kids back in school and keep it safe, then universal masking is necessary. All those studies last winter that showed you were, it was safe to have school in person, they, that the spread in the school wasn't any greater than in the community, all of those students were masked. That was the standard and it worked even for the original strain. And so I think with this new strain universal masking is really important because it will, re- well, there's several good reasons. One is it'll reduce the spread in school so there will be fewer students who are on quarantine and isolation and out of school. It will reduce the likelihood that students will bring the virus home to their parents and grandparents because they will because they're part of a system bigger than just being in school. It'll help protect the teachers as well. and. I don't see masks as being so detrimental to learning or well-being for kids that uh, there's a problem. In fact, kids have generally said had no problem with wearing masks when they're told why they should do it and what it's for. Kids are really good at understanding that. And actually, they get it better than adults cuz they're listening. And Um, In the Far East, kids have been wearing masks to school for a long time. It has not affected their learning. In fact, if anything, they're more academically accomplished than we are. And there are countries around the world where dress codes have women completely garbed except for their eyes, and they don't have an issue with learning. So I don't see masking as being any more um, invasive than actually spaghetti straps and short skirts and pants that go below your butt okay. it's part of a dress code <laughs> but it works
1: last two minutes with dr howard nad Warnie, i gotta go to a question that was texted to me okay, uh, they're asking why most in the medical community rarely talk about natural immunity whereas the cleveland clinic has uh you know concluded natural immunity gives you better and longer protection with the tmb cells
0: um actually the the study from the cleveland clinic looked at 1,500 of their employees who had been previously infected through May. They didn't find any of them getting infected again, but that was before Delta. Okay. I think that natural immunity probably does give you comparable protection to vaccines, but what we don't know is if you get a mild case, is your immunity less than if you get a severe case because we know there's a difference, and we just haven't gotten enough data on that. It may turn out that having been infected, your risk of getting a second infection isn't that high, but we don't know that yet. So I, I'm sure that will come.
1: In the UK, Delta has basically burned through the UK, a lot of lot of cases, and then you know they hit their peak and now they're on the other side, four to six weeks. Do you see that happening in the US and in Erie County?
0: I don't because the UK has vaccinated a much larger percentage of their population than we have. They delayed the second dose for three to four months so they could get first doses in a lot of people. And then they rushed to get second doses in people. Our problem is that we still have at least a third of the United States who are very susceptible. In November, December, and January last year, we were, our healthcare system was almost brought to its knees and yet only 5% of the population got infected. So I'm worried. That it will get much worse here before it gets better. We're going to leave it there, Dr. Howard Nadwarney,
1: AHN St. Vincent epidemiologist. Always appreciate uh, your uh, understanding and what we learn from you, sir. Thank you. A frequent guest on our show here, she is from Acoustic Sheep LLC, the makers of sleep phones. She's the founder of that organization. And Dr. Lai, great to see you.
2: Good to see you again.
1: All righty. So, um, you you know you taught us about uh, the coronavirus. We used to call it the coronavirus, and uh, uh, we, before we even knew that there were multiple coronaviruses, but uh, you introduced it to us back in February of 2020. Here we are, rolling ahead to almost September of 2021, and we are in the midst of what almost seems like a, a brand new virus like it's like it, it it is deja vu all over again i keep on saying that i keep on quoting yogi berra
2: it, it is you know and personally uh we are going back down into kind of a, a family lockdown of sorts uh so we're not going to be sending our kids to school come the fall uh they're just going to stay home and learn virtually and uh and in, in my organization uh i run a small company as you know and we are going to be cohorting again and sending some people home, so we make sure that we always have a backup team in case one team needs to go home and quarantine. Wow. So it, it's kind of back to some of that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's now Delta. You know, it's it's all Delta now.
1: Do these vaccines work? I mean, it really is like it's like ex, like crazy <laughs> to me to think that we went from in June where. Uh, basically, if you looked at hospitalizations, or it, it, uh, it was 99.9 percent of all hospitalizations were from unvaccinated people, and now that number is closer to 75 percent with 25 percent breakthroughs. Is that is that what you're seeing in your studies?
2: Uh, that that would be pretty consistent. Yeah. So you're quoting there the Barnstable outbreak uh, in Massachusetts, and uh, you know, and and actually, in that county, they have a very, very high percentage of vaccination. So, like, I, I've read up to ninety-five percent of their their that county is vaccinated. And so, to to say that seventy-five percent of those people ended up with the uh, with with an illness uh, versus twenty-five percent, it still shows that the vaccine really, really works. Okay, and and so, yes, it's true that the Delta can break through uh, and you can still get sick. But by day six, all of those numbers drop dramatically. And so you, you know how like uh, with the uh, coronavirus, you get sick for a little while, right? So you get sick and then about a weekend is when you get really sick and that's when you need to be hospitalized. So at this point, what we're seeing is that with the Delta, you get sick, for that initial time period, but then your immune system, all that uh, IgG, good immunoglobulin that you're supposed to be making uh, from the vaccines that your vac- uh, the vaccines have primed you to make, that kicks in, takes over, completely wipes it all out, and uh, and you get better within a week. So, um, and so that that's, that's some
1: good there. news then. That's some good news.
2: But you don't get nearly as sick, and you don't end up in the hospital nearly as often.
1: Okay. Okay. Um the the uh what are some of the new learnings that uh you, you made a, a cute little um, diagram here. Basically you're find you're seeing that Delta is just a lot more infection in the air with the aerosol.
2: Right. Um so there is about a thousand times more virus in the airways. Okay, so You've got a mask on, you know, you're you're doing your uh, duty as a good citizen and you're wearing a mask, uh, but you're still, if, if you are contagious, you are still spewing out a thousand times more virus than you were before, okay? And so that's why it's so much more important now to wear a virus or, or to wear a mask than it ever was before. And, and for everybody to be wearing a mask so that they can kind of contain their own airspace. This virus... Uh, as we know, over the past year um, is really more of a respiratory virus. So surfaces, it is still a mode of transmission, absolutely. And it is still important to, you know, keep clean, uh, wipe your hands, sanitize, things like that. But you really need to pay paying attention now to all of the masking and just keeping your own airspace. So ventilation is important. If you're at work with multiple people, make sure that there's, you know, good airflow. Open a window if you need to. It's still nice out and stuff like that. Um, and especially in schools, uh, you know, kind of keeping all of that going and uh, especially when people are unmasked. So if you're eating lunch, you need to be eating lunch by yourself.
1: Is that right? You're you I mean, you think that we where we're out right now. Uh we are at the cusp of of, of like a major uh I mean, we've locked down in March because we were fearful of this kind of stuff. Are we in your opinion, Dr. Light, are we in that kind of mode? I mean, it sounded like maybe uh your family's choosing to do that.
2: Right. It is. Uh we're we are doing that. Um And if you look at Florida, they're in worse shape than we are because they have lower rates of vaccination. Right? And so we have higher rates. We're going to be a little bit better protected than they are. And we are seeing that we're doing much better than they are. Our hospitals are not yet overwhelmed. We're still doing okay. Um, We do have more and more admissions into the ICU. uh, But It's uh, um, we're we're and and right now you know compared with some counties uh, where they're having hundreds of cases per 100,000 people, we're seeing 96 cases per 100,000 people. So the cutoff for what's considered high transmission, which is the highest category for the CDC, is 100 people per 100,000 people. So that's basically you know one in a thousand people uh, getting sick, and that That is a lot you know um and you know if you go to a grocery store uh it's it's entirely possible that that one day that you could meet somebody and uh and and get sick from that do you and think so that, that
1: do you think that the, the 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 companies are are kind of uh being too laissez faire about this? I haven't encountered any mass mandates in the last uh, week you know at any of the places that I visited, and I watch for the signs.
2: So the some of the local organizations, uh, healthcare organizations, they had been using, like say, surgical masks uh, and maybe even face shields and stuff like that for the time uh, up until now. But now they are going back to n ninety fives, and they are looking much harder at that and making sure that all of their employees are fit tested because it is that much more contagious. And it's able to break through the vaccine uh, and people have to quarantine and take time off of work. And it's just a major headache.
1: Yeah, we just came off of the, the county's press conference. And I, I asked specifically if if the state's, um, you know, the state uh, director of health, uh, the, the, the secretary of health had said back in June that if, you know, when they opened everything up, that if you, had, uh, if you were vaccinated and you had a close contact with a COVID-positive person, you did not need to quarantine. And that officially has not changed yet in Pennsylvania. It needs to. Okay. <laughs> so, so again, I go back to the question. The, the, what you're saying is that the vaccine is not protecting me? from getting sick or is it giving me a lot of protection?
2: It's giving you a lot of protection, but it's not a hundred percent protective. So you still have a chance of getting sick, say about 60, 70% of the time. I don't think we know for sure because it's really hard to study the epidemiology of, of it at this point, because uh, you know we're looking at different countries and different countries are using different vaccines and they have different habits. And then we're looking at, oh, well, you know, if they are at, say, 80 percent vaccination rate and there's breakthrough of this with the Delta and and all this stuff, there's just too many factors. And so we don't know exactly what the breakthrough rate is, but it's somewhere around 60 to 80 percent.
1: That's a lot to me. That's that's that is a more likely than not. uh, That sounds like even with the vaccine, I, I can get sick. It sounds like. I, like well, so, I like they like there's nothing I can do.
2: Yeah. So before, um, before the Delta variant, you were probably at least eighty percent protected from getting sick at all. So you weren't going to be transmissible, okay? Because you weren't really getting sick at all. Now, your your that that protection is reduced down to about sixty.
1: Okay.
2: There there's studies that say it's. 80. There are studies that say it's 40. There are studies that say it's 30. Um, it's kind of all over the place. With and an so-
1: M- with an mRNA, with two doses of mRNA, it's still only about 40 percent. It could be, wow. So maybe, maybe. Uh, so again, that sound that sounds like when I get a flu shot. A flu shot is between 50 and 70 percent effective. And so sometimes you get the flu and sometimes you don't. What I'm getting at is 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 it inevitable that the COVID-19 pandemic becomes endemic and that basically this virus is going to blow through the entire population?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's going to blow through the entire population. It it is way too contagious. So everybody's going to catch it at some point. And how well protected you are from it is going to determine how you fare. Uh, you know when when you do catch it because it's inevitable um and so, if you have so what's to the, the vac-
1: point of the mask then i'm sorry huh. i don't i don't mean to interrupt but again if i can't do anything about it then why should i do anything about it
2: because the vaccine can still help you from getting super sick okay. so you're far less likely to get sick at all and then long COVID's less likely and so are hospitalizations and obviously death. Um, plus, the, the other thing too is mutations. Okay. So how did we get to Delta? It's because so many people got sick along the way that this virus had a chance to evolve. And that's what we need to prevent from happening in the future is that we need to keep the mutations to a minimum. And that means that we need to reduce the number of copies of virus out there. So not getting sick is key and having the vaccine is going to also reduce the number of copies that it's able to make inside your body, okay? And so then you have fewer mutations. Mutations are a random event. They can happen from just uh, an error in the copying of this uh, genome. they can happen from cosmic rays hitting the, the, the RNA, things like that, just random events. And so the, the fewer copies of the virus are out there the fewer of these random events can happen, and so then the fewer variants we get. It's like it's like playing the lottery. Okay, so if you only play one ticket, you're probably not going to win. But if you play a million tickets, if there are a million sick people, then you know the chances of hitting a variant that's worse is more likely. Let
1: me ask you this. And again, uh, if, if 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 this is not a knowable thing, let me know. But you know they say about SARS-1, when we had that a couple of years ago, that that didn't take off because it burned itself out quickly. It was highly contagious, and then it burned off. It makes me – I just have to ask, does the Delta variant seem a lot more like that original SARS where there's just going to be a lot? It burns through, and then it, it runs out of steam because it, it ran out of people to infect.
2: So that's a really good point, point. and when we in the, at the beginning of all of this, we base a lot of our uh, assumptions on on that on that first fire. So this was in back in 2002, um, and you know only only 7,000 people in this world uh, got it, and we we are at over 200 million people at this point, right, with with this one, and so there are more mutations on this one. Uh, that SARS-CoV-1 had a death rate of 3%. It was awful. Okay? It was really bad. And it made you really, really sick almost immediately. Okay? So as soon as you started getting sick, you were really sick. And you were out. You were in bed. You can't really go anywhere. You can't be walking around transmitting it. Okay? Okay? So that's one difference. With this one, we're still walking around transmitting this thing. Okay. There are so many asymptomatic people that are transmitting it, not knowing it. You know, I I don't think people are, are evil and I think people are, you know, trying the best they can and doing the best they can, but if they don't know it, they, they just don't. Right. And then the second thing that's very different between that virus and this virus is that that one was contagious when you were sick. OK, once you got sick. So so the, incub-
1: one, the incubation period was very really short, right?
2: It was a little shorter. But and, and, and the problem and, and uh, once you were ill, that's when you became contagious. With this one, you're contagious for two days before you even know you're ill. OK, so you're still walking around doing your da- daily activities before you get tested and know that you're sick with that one. You know, you're not contagious until you're sick. And by that time, you're you're in bed. Um, So most of the people who got that first SARS there, uh, you know, years and years ago, they were healthcare workers because they were catching it from their patients who were sick in bed and and were, you know, had a 3% mortality rate. So a lot of them were hospitalized. With this one, it's very, very different. And so that's why it has spread so much more. And that's kind of the evolutionarily, that's the big difference that separates that one where it burned itself out and this one where it's not as likely to burn itself out because you're already spreading it. So the virus from the virus's perspective, it's already made children, you know, it's already spread its genes. Uh, so it doesn't really care if it kills you
1: <laughs>
2: mm. <laughs> um, at that point. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it doesn't care how much, how sick it makes you.
1: So what, what are you advocating then to squash it? And again, can it be squashed or is uh, is it burning? You know, is the, the situation of it being endemic where it's going to be basically everybody's going to have one of these antibodies eventually? Um, is, is that inevitable?
2: I, I think it is inevitable. But in the meantime, uh, it, it to to just to make sure that we are going to survive this with our government intact. Oh, wow! <laughs> intact. In You know we we need to do everything we can uh that includes getting vaccines that includes wearing a mask that includes you know continuing to wash our hands cohorting in schools uh in in workplaces staying home a lot of workplaces all of that kind of stuff so none of these one measures are, are going to completely you know solve this problem uh and, and there, there are no medications that are completely going to solve this problem. But if we use everything in combination, then we can solve this problem. I think ultimately what needs to happen is that we need to have everybody in this world vaccinated, and we're nowhere close to that, okay? So in the U.S., we're doing pretty well because we're rich and we can afford these vaccines, but there are lots of bodies, you know, lots of material for this virus to infect sure. uh, throughout this world, and that's the problem. And so if if we allow this, you know, th- the Delta came about in India, right, um, where there are a lot of people and it evolved there. Um, and so if we let more people be sick in this world, then there are going to be more variants that come about. And so that's why we need to vaccinate, uh, reduce the number of copies of this virus any way we can. Uh, and, you know, at the beginning of all of this, I was hoping that we'd be done with it. Um, you know, Maybe towards the end of this year, or early next year, but uh, it, it's not looking like we're going to make that. Uh, it, it looks like that kind of that finish line has been pushed back quite a ways because of this uh, this variant. And the the more we just kind of let things go and say, well, you know, I give up. There's nothing we can do. Uh, you know, let's let's just let it burn its course. Well, there's going to be more variants. It's just going to be worse. It's going to be that much worse. And, you know, um, systems are failing um, and, you know, there are a lot of businesses that have had to close, uh, you know. So right now we're still okay, but it's these institutions and systems and businesses and everything that kind of holds up our communities and and is what our community uh, is made of, the fabric. The more of that we let go, the less of it we're going to recognize, and, and that's societal collapse right there. So you know we can't let that happen.
1: Let me ask you again, because you are you run a small business. Uh, you have a you have a global. Uh reach in in so far as your supply chain as well as in in who you sell to uh how are things going for you first off on the supply chain side have you seen any relief are you getting the chips that you need are you getting the materials uh, that you need to make your sleep phones and the rest of your products
2: uh we are still able to get You know, the supplies that we need, but we're managing it very carefully uh, and we're not going to be able to run as many sales this year because we just don't have as much of it. We actually um, decreased our inventory by about 25 percent last year uh, because we sold through a lot of it uh, and we haven't been able to replenish that yet. Um, But we're still doing okay uh, because we had probably too much inventory to begin with. But, you know, I think that's probably the case. With a lot of different um, electronics companies, is that you know their their levels are lower. Uh, there's just going to be less stuff on the shelves to to buy. And,
1: and, and again, it, it, that comes at an unfortunate time because there's still folks that uh, are navigating the the pandemic well. I mean, there's money in people's pockets uh, through various programs from the government and so on, and so uh, sometimes they have a little extra to buy uh, something that they. That's been on their wish list, maybe, or so on. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And, you know, that's uh, the start of inflation.
1: Yeah, don't get me started on that. Um, uh, so what a, as a small business owner, you, again, you guys are taking some steps. It sounds like you're cohorting your workers, some staying home, some going back to work. Uh, not everybody gets to do that. But if you had a small manufacturing plant here in Erie or if you were a service business here in Erie, what would you suggest to that CEO uh, of, of how they should look at – uh, the coming months here as the Delta kind of goes through.
2: Yeah. So my prediction for Erie County, um, in particular is that we are heading into the high transmission category and we'll be there for about a month. And then after that, we'll be uh, back down over that. So basically towards uh, the end of August and through that first half of September, uh, things are going to be bad, um, and we are going to see more sick people, hospitalizations, potentially some deaths, uh, sick children uh, included in all of that. And then towards the end of September, the numbers are going to drop again. Why uh, and will then, they
1: drop, Dr. Lai? What what will, will cause them to drop?
2: Uh, it burns through. The Delta will have uh, picked off the, the uh People who are more susceptible, uh, who are mingling, who are getting together and stuff like that, going to concerts and whatnot. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's going to infect who it's going to infect.
1: Okay. And then what about Lambda? What are you seeing about, uh, you know, again, we're going to be starting to close things down. The snow is coming by Thanksgiving. What what do you see there?
2: You know, the Lambda seems to be more resistant to the vaccine, even than the Delta, and so I think it's that type of thing that's on the horizon that uh, is the reason why our government is recommending that booster dose, right? Okay. So everybody's going to start getting their booster do- doses, and that's going to just really, really boost up those IgG levels to uh, to get rid of the virus that much faster, so that's going to be helpful. Um, I don't know that the lambda is going to take over from the delta. It, it really is about transmissibility, uh, and the delta is just extremely transmissible, uh, with a thousand times the virus that's in our airways.
1: What do you, What do you say to those that think that this is all about government control? That 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 this just will never end because. Uh, the government is able to do things uh, in an extreme measure right now because, of, uh, because we're under a pandemic and under emergency orders. Is that, is that <laughs> silly?
2: Um, I, I don't agree that it is uh, a manufactured um, kind of uh, fear-mongering by the government. That, that's not what it is. I mean this is a very real event. What the government does here in this country versus other countries is, is what it's going to do. Um, and it has really nothing to do with the science of all of this.
1: Okay. And again, if, if if we had access to an N95, you'd go for it, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ramp up all the measures, get your best masks out. Uh, you know, now's the time because we're going to be in it for the next month. Uh, and uh, after that, you know, what we've seen in India and in the UK is that uh, – when it starts to when it peaks is about two months uh and that peak period is you know those few weeks in that uh in in the really bad uh and, where the hospitals are overwhelmed and stuff like that and then it, and it drops off after that and
1: the, you're forecasting for that for be late late august early September for all that is what you're forecasting yeah. okay right. Dr. Wee Li, Acoustic Sheep, LLC. Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your perspectives here. We really appreciate it, even though it's really, really scary.
0: Stay safe. You've been listening to The Joel Natalie Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from talkerie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at talkerie.com.